on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I am the host of this movie podcast, Andre Hutchins, and you guys are listening to episode 56 of Backseat Directors. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and for joining me again on another episode. We've got a great movie review ready for you guys, and today's guest host is someone that I'm very pleased to introduce. This is his first time on the show. His name is Stephen Donahue. Steve is a movie reviewer who writes for a movie blog called Movie Corner. And uh, I've been trying to get him on the show for quite a while. We finally have been able to connect and get a time um, and a movie that worked for both of us. And so let's go ahead and welcome Steve to the show. Steve, we are recording. So welcome to the podcast. Happy to be here, finally. Happy to finally be here, thanks. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel like this is the same story with new guests that I've been having on recently, is that it's just kind of taken me a while to, to get both of our schedules aligned to where it works. So you and I, we've been talking online for quite a while about having you come on, and you know, we had discussed movies like Post, Phantom Thread, and some more movies too, but I'm very happy to have you on to discuss this movie. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, well, Steve, you know, since uh, since I, the listeners do not know you as well as I do, um, you know, we've, we've got some get-to-know-you questions to help our listeners, you know, kind of find out what kind of movie fan you are. But before we do that, though, um, you and I connected on Twitter. Um, you, you write movie reviews. So tell me and tell the listeners a little more on how that kind of came to be when your fandom of movies kind of grew to where you wanted to write about it, talk about it, things like that. Um, so yeah, so go ahead. The, the, the time is yours. So uh, this uh, writing movie reviews was something I have always contemplated. I've watched movie reviews on YouTube for, oh, I'd say probably about a decade. Am I, am I 26 now? Yeah, about a decade. Um, and uh, 2015, December, um, I wrote a tweet because I just saw uh, The Force Awakens for a second time, Star Wars The Force Awakens for a second time. And I, I wrote a tweet saying something like, um, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I thought The Force Awakens was just okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, did, you have, um, did you have a few responses to that tweet? <laughs> nothing, nothing online. I wasn't nearly, well, I didn't have as near of a following. I had probably about maybe 40 followers and okay. not very many people interacted with me. But one of, one of my followers was a coworker. And my coworker got he I, I believe the words were um, my opinions on anything are now moot because of my opinion on the force of <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if only if only we talked two years from now and and we could talk about the last Jedi but um so I said well here's how about this I'll go ahead and write um, as best as I can an analysis on why I thought the force awakens was just okay and uh, and then I'll I'll post it. You can look at it, and you can pick apart every single argument that I ever have. Does that sound okay? And he's like, sure. So I spent the next three or four days just kind of writing everything out. I finally posted it. I got it on Facebook, on Twitter. It got about a hundred views. And um, a week goes by, and my coworker doesn't talk to me about it on Facebook or in person. So finally, I, I come to him and I was like, hey, so you read it, right? He's like, oh, yeah, I read it. And I was like, so are you going to respond to it? 
And he's just like, well, there's a lot of things I disagree with you on, but I'm trying to come up with my thoughts. So uh, it might be a while. It's been, I think, three years now. <laughs> I haven't heard back from him. So I guess, I don't know, I guess I win. John, if you're, if you're listening to this, I'm still waiting for my response. <laughs> but well, anyway, um, so I, I wrote the blog and then I was just like, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of people who say that I'm a good writer. So maybe I should actually start practicing that. Um, so I, I've basically been writing movie reviews ever since for uh, past two or so years. Uh, and I, I feel like I've been getting better at it. I feel like I have a, a good grasp on what I want from movies. And I don't know if I'm, I always hit it on the mark, but I, I, uh, I really enjoy watching movies. I probably wouldn't see about 80% of the movies if I actually didn't write about them. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand what you mean. Um, it, 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 it's added of a, a totally um, different kind of element that, for me, never existed before. You know, before I started podcasting and talking about movies. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure if you've connected online with uh, it's it's a group of guys uh, from the UK. Uh, they run a movie blog called Life of Films, and um, so I connected with them early on when I started this podcast, and and they have a very similar story. They they started off their uh, their movie blog because of, of really because of the Force Awakens and the type of you know conversation that that generated, and and they too okay. were like you they they weren't totally blown away with the force awakens and, and kind of like, yeah, this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but you know, they, they had some, you know, serious issues with the movie. And so they wanted, they wanted a platform to be able to discuss things like that. And so that's what kind of kicked their, um, their movie blog off. But, uh, I know wow. you, uh, your, your, uh, a lot of your movie reviews get posted on, uh, another movie blog called uh, movie corner. Um, yes. so tell us, tell us about movie corner and how you got associated with them. Uh, so Chris, the guy who um, wrote Movie Corner, um, or you know, he he owns Movie Corner. Uh, he writes some reviews sometimes, but uh, we followed each other. I, I, I guess I didn't really realize that he was from the UK, or it just he was just a follower. And then um, I started realizing that he had his own uh, Movie Corner site, so I followed that, and. Uh, he started reading my reviews and he started giving me feedback. He started saying that he really liked how I wrote about movies. And then about some time later, he sent me a message and asked me if I wanted to uh, write for his website. And he said that he wasn't looking for anything like super special. He was just, he just really wanted me to post my reviews on his site uh, because he really enjoyed them. And, um, it wasn't the first time that someone asked me to write for their website, but it was the first time that someone actually liked and gave me feedback about my reviews before they asked me to write for them. Yeah. So I, I gave it some thought and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go ahead and do that. And um, I, I think it's really nice because I think, I think Chris really likes uh, writing for this website. Um, I think he has a hard time trying to find people who uh, – who want to write consistently. So I, I've almost overtaken the entire website sometimes, uh, with just ha with not, not recently because shoot, I've been off the grid for a while, but, um, all last year, I think, um, I, I wrote quite a few reviews. Um, and every time I did, I just copied them from my website, pasted them onto his, made sure the spacing looked good on his website. But 
Um, yeah. So that's gotten me a decent amount of exposure too. I think because um, a lot of people really like um, Movie Corner, and so that kind of got me exposed to an audience I probably never would have if I didn't write for his website. Well, that's how I was introduced to you because I I was uh, yes, I, I, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, I was following Movie Corner on Twitter, and I I had read uh, a few of their reviews, not 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 many, but a few. Yeah, and I remember when they posted uh, the review for Battle of the Sexes. Yeah, that was and fine. and so I, what I like to do, what I like to do is uh, when I when I get done seeing a movie, and if it's a movie that I did not like, I want to feel validated in my feelings regarding that movie, and so I will seek out reviews on that movie that I did not like, and so. I remember when I saw Battle of the Sexes, I'm like, come on, I got, I, I can't be the only one that like really didn't like just did not like this movie. And I think I'm being kind when I say that. Um, and so I remember, I remember uh, when that review popped up and I read, it, I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. This, this guy, this guy just said everything that I feel about the movie. And, and that's yeah, when I was, I, I was like, Oh, okay. It's Steve Donahue. Okay. Okay. All right. And then I follow, uh, found you on Twitter followed you mm-hmm. back and yeah the rest is history but well yeah, it, it was, was back to back because as soon as you uh read that one you, you then i think like hours later you talked about how much you liked my review for kingsman the golden circle too oh yeah that's right that's yeah right. Oh, oh steve as soon as i saw you commenting on both of them i was like oh i think i'll probably like this guy we'll see <laughs> you know i mean it's our it's our uh, common hate of certain movies that has united us. So, <laughs> because uh, yeah, you and I as well, um, you know, we're on the unpopular opinion side when it comes to the Last Jedi. Oh um, man, yeah. So yeah, no, I've I've really enjoyed reading your reviews, and I'll give you a chance at the end of the podcast to, uh, um, you know, give your plug on how. Uh, our listeners can follow you and read your reviews and things like that. But, uh, yeah, no, you, you have, you have an excellent style. You're very witty, very clever in, in your writing style. Um, did you, did you have any background in writing previously? Like, did you study that in college or, or, well, Oh man, dude, uh, college, I, I probably changed my major, I think seven times. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> two, two, two of those, I'm still in college, man. Don't, kids who are listening to the podcast don't change your major seven times or you're going to be stuck in college your whole life. Um, <laughs> or, 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 I, well, I know I was just going to say, I, I, I feel like I went through college just for the sake of just to get it done. And then I ended up with a, gr- a degree that I'm not even using now. So, <laughs> oh geez. Yeah. But uh, no. Um, so I, I wanted, I, I've wanted to write stories ever since, Wow, I think when I was seven years old. When I was seven years old, I got onto my my uh, parents' Windows ninety eight computer and started writing Word documents um, for stories where I was a superhero and my brother and my three friends were like my sidekicks or something, and we all had superpowers and stuff. Nice. Um, and I I I did other things like write comics. Um, I uh, I I also wrote. I tried to write a story probably about maybe three to five years ago and that kind of panned out because the more I wrote into it the more I started hating everything that I wrote and I I honestly man sometimes I can be my own worst enemy when it comes to writing stuff <laughs> um but yeah I so yeah I've I've been writing stuff a, a lot I think I wrote blogs on Facebook's every once in a while and everyone thought that I had a really good writing style but 
I was like, oh, thanks. And then I just never wrote for like six, seven months. And then I'd write something and people thought, oh, this is really good. So yeah, it, the movie blog is just, it's, it's many things, but it's just a way to force me to continue writing and to trying to find ways to make, make what I write interesting to people. No, that's really good. That's really good. Okay. Well, Steve, let's, uh, let's go ahead and, uh, uh, move on to the get to know you questions portion. And, uh, we'll have our, our listeners get to know what kind of movie fan you are. All right. Now it's time for some get to know you questions. Steve, question number one, what is your desert Island movie? Uh, question uh can it be a trilogy i've got an answer for either either one okay well let's hear both let's hear both okay so if you were going to say yes i would have said lord of the rings uh for the trilogy for the trilogy yes if if it could be a trilogy uh if not man that one was hard so i just kind of just chose one of the movies in my top 10 and i said mad max fury road (laughs) oh now this is like an all-time top 10 list yeah uh, as much of it, as much of one as I could create, yes. Yeah, no, that's great, man. I, you know, my wife and I, we just recently uh, just did a little Lord of the Rings marathon over New Year's, oh, and I, I hadn't, I, I had not seen those movies in a long, long time. Uh, but uh, my goodness, dude, those movies have aged very well, yeah, and and will continue to do so, in my opinion. I, I was just amazed how how great those films are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, yeah, the marathon was it? Um, did you watch the extended versions or no? Oh, oh, of course, of course. Yeah, no, those <laughs> are the only ones I own. <laughs> oh, poor you guys. That's like that's like sixteen hours. I think I don't know. Well, it, it kind of helped that uh, my wife was sick, and so we did oh. we didn't do anything over New Year's other than watch movies. So. <laughs> is, is that what you guys like to do? Do you guys like to not go places during New Year's? Because that's me and my wife. Well, a New Year's has always been a holiday that for me. Um, I, I just, my family growing up, we never really had any big traditions around new years, you know? So it's always just been kind of one of those holidays. That's just like, well, I'm happy I get a day off of work. Um, but it's never anything I've gotten like too excited for. We usually, we usually go out and have dinner with our family. Um, you know, we usually have like a little party, uh, afterward and in Utah, uh, fireworks are legal on the 4th of July and on new years. And so, we usually light fireworks off, but uh, no, this past year we just we definitely just hung low and you know just kind of took it easy and watched the movies. But yeah, totally, yeah, no, that sounds great. No, okay, well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have Mad Max Fury Road as as your official answer, just because. So I I don't know if uh if you know this, but uh just in a few of the episodes I've kind of explained what I'm doing. So I'm actually collecting the answers to all these questions and just oh, keeping well. keeping a spreadsheet of you know just kind of what everybody's answers are. And then uh, once I reach episode 100, I'm going to go back and just look at, see what kind of, if there were the same answers, if, or, you know, maybe what was the most common or something like that. But uh, I know Mad Max Fury Road is the first time that, that, uh, that anyone has said that movie for their Desert Island movie. And I love that movie. Uh, shame I think on it's your great. friends. <laughs> oh man, you would be surprised at the types of movies people consider their Desert Island movie just because, uh, you know, people kind of get creative if they're going to be stuck on a desert island. They can only watch one. <laughs> Um, okay, man. Question number two: What is your favorite movie theater snack? I mean, dude, all you need is a fountain drink. That's that's all I need. Nice. Uh, is I'm a caffeine addict, and I don't. I, I think all the food at the um, at theaters are overpriced. So oh, absolutely. I just I just <laughs> I just get a super large drink and just refill it. So, what is your um, caffeinated beverage of choice? 
Uh, if I go to a place with Pepsi, it's Mountain Dew. Um, if I, if I, uh, well, a- any theater that has Coke now has those like really awesome machines where you can choose any soda you want in the flavors right. and add flavors to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I usually get, well, if I'm by myself, vanilla Coke. Um, if I'm with my wife, Coke, because she, re- she, she won't have that vanilla nonsense. Just straight up Coke. Just straight up Coke. Very good. Very good. Okay. Question number three. What was the first movie that made you cry? But if, there you, is only, if you can't remember, you have you have another option. But do you remember? There is only one movie that has ever made me cry. Really? Um, yeah. There's – and I don't know. I just – there's there's a lot of movies that got me emotional. And the older I get, the more movies that that becomes. But there's never a movie that's made me shed a tear until I saw um, A Monster Calls. Oh, that was, just last year. Yeah. Yeah, before that, I've, I've never really cried during a movie. Um, and sometimes that kind of sucks because I think crying in certain circumstances um, really can be cathartic and can be really awesome. But I just, I, I'm just so robotic when it comes to crying that it's very hard to actually get me to cry for something. Well, I, I hate that I haven't seen that movie just because I know it was in your top 10 for 2017 as well. Yeah, it was number, I think it was number four. It was really high up. I, you should see it. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to add that to my list. Why do you think? Why do you think maybe people? Um, because I went over a lot, a lot of top ten lists, and that movie was, you know, really not accounted for. Other than I remember on your list, why do you think it, it didn't get much fanfare? Um, dude, I couldn't tell you for certain. Um, and honestly, it's a 2016 movie, so I checked the top tens for 2016 as well. Okay. Um, it just didn't come to Missouri until about January, so I couldn't add it to my list. Oh, okay, and, okay. And I, I liked it so much that I, I included it in 2017, even though a lot of Twitter people like, oh, you know, that's 2016. I was like, yeah. But um, I don't know. It just kind of it, – it it was nowhere. Nobody, um, nobody really got excited for it. I don't know if the marketing – I don't remember much marketing for it. Um, I realize how much kind of a film obsessed person I am, uh, because a lot of times if I, uh, if I mention a movie, that's not some sort of Disney property or something, um, like that's gotten a lot of, um, buzz, like, I don't know, get out or something. Right. And if, if I mention a movie, I don't know, like, uh, like battle of the sexes or, or something like that. People are like, Oh, I've never heard of that movie. Yeah. So I guess maybe it was just not the the marketing wasn't there, wasn't there. Um, I'm assuming people aren't really super excited to go see a really depressing movie. <laughs> I I like depressing movies that earn their emotion. So like it doesn't matter if it's like super depressing. I'll watch it if it's if it's well made. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, that's very fair. Yeah, no, I have I definitely have have it added on my list now. But uh, no, that's great. That's great. Okay, yeah. question number four. Do you have a favorite director? and or actor um so director uh i would probably have to say wes anderson nice um and it's it's embarrassing because i've only seen three of his movies um and all three of his movies are nines and tens for me that i've seen um i really need to see fantastic mr fox and i am going to see isle of dogs the day it comes out um, oh, absolutely, man! I yeah. I am pumped for that film. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I just I just love how Wes Anderson is just so detail oriented. 
Um, speaking of detail-oriented, I guess another director would probably be Edgar Wright, but um, uh, I, I think I probably love Wes Anderson more than Edgar Wright, but those two are... If if they come out with the movie, I'm probably going to see it opening night. Oh, that's great! Yeah, um, I, I just I just recently watched Hot Fuzz for the first time. Oh, uh, dude, yeah, <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> that movie and Scott Pilgrim versus the World. It's I keep tossing those around as my favorite Edgar Wright movie, but those two I could watch those whenever. Yeah, um, no, that's great. And, that's great. And actually, Scott Pilgrim, I was kind of tossing around. Is that going to be my? Um, desert island movie because i was thinking of a movie it's like well if i'm in if i'm in a desert or an island then i'm gonna need to pick a movie that i would be willing to watch significantly more than once right, right. and you know, i i could watch scott pilgrim and hot fuzz well over more than once yeah yeah what do you have a favorite wes anderson movie out of the three that you've seen uh grand budapest hotel oh, i really love that one that movie is so great it's yeah. so great <laughs> Um, yeah, yep. I, I've heard I've heard a lot of people kind of say uh, not a lot of people. I, that's an over exaggeration, but uh, um, I've heard people say that they've gotten tired of his style. You know that his style oh, really? is so unique, and yet and yet I feel like I can't get enough of his style. I, no. I it, it is it, it's so genius how he sets up his scenes and the dialogue that he gives those characters is. It's so great, man. Yeah. yeah, if you have not seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, dude, it, it no, might it it might become uh, uh, your favorite Wes Anderson film. I for me, for me, I think Grand Budapest Hotel is still my favorite, but dude, mm-hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox is like it's like 1A 1B for me. Yeah. Oh, those dude. are those are great. Okay, what about what about favorite actor? Um it's it's hard for me to pick a favorite actor cuz every actor and actress I can think of I the movie I, I there's roles that I really like and ones that I don't like. Mm-hmm. Um typically if a movie has uh Tom Hardy or Jake Gyllenhaal in it I will most likely go out and see it. Um and I I saw Life because it had Jake Gyllenhaal in it and I mean unfortunately that 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 rolls into a uh, kind of a role I mean uh, that I didn't like. But yeah, um, but yeah. if if those if those two guys were in it, then I I'm like okay, so this is probably going to be good. Um, <laughs> I'll see anything with Anna Diarmas in it. Um, oh, nice, nice. Uh, I I I don't I, I think she's a good actress, but I think she's very very attractive. So I uh, I'll see anything with her in it. Cool, very good. Okay, last question, Steve. If yeah. you could change the ending of any movie. Which would it be, and how would you change it? And if there are spoilers, just let the listeners know. I would change all of the Last Jedi, and then I would drop kick Ryan Johnson. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, so there's not a lot of movies that I can think of that, uh, oh, change the ending, and then it would be significantly better. Most of the time, if I'd change the ending, I'd change a lot of other stuff. The only movie that I could think of where changing the ending would have made it a lot better movie would be the Florida Project. Uh, have you seen that movie? No, I have not. But I just, I uh, just last night, I saw a friend that I follow. He just saw the movie, and he mm-hmm. said, "My goodness, how crazy it is it to have a movie that is so excellent in the beginning and in the middle and drops off so hard at the end." And I, yeah. I was like, "Really?" But uh, um, no, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, the Florida Project ending is garbage. Um, and there's there's some people that I I relatively like that disagree. Um, but without spoiling it, the, the entire movie is 
bathed in realism and with hard truths and stuff, but it's through the mind of a kid. Right. And then the then the the entire the entire last thirty seconds of the movie just completely compromises that for some sort of a complete tonal shift uh, taken away from realism. This is probably spoiling it a li- for some people. I don't know. Uh, I, that's that's as much as I'll say. It it doesn't fit with the rest of the movie, and it and it's not like if it didn't fit with the rest of the movie and they made it work in a way that's I don't know. I'd say profound or interesting. Then maybe, but it just seemed like a total cop out, and I just I hated it so much. I was really considering maybe putting it at the lower part of my top uh, the best movies of 2017, and then when the ending happened, I was just like, holy. Crap wow, this is, that just ruined the movie for me. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, just because I, I, and I'm, I, I, I have been wanting to see this movie for quite a while. I, when I saw the trailer, I was very, very interested in just the overall storyline. And you could tell that the movie was going to be from the viewpoint of a child, you know, yeah. just, just what the trailer set up and everything like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's so crazy. That's so crazy to hear how a movie can be so good for two thirds of it. Maybe even three fourths of it, and then just fall off so hard like yeah. that. <laughs> I, I read some reviews from the director. I forget. I think it was uh, Sean Baker, because because uh, I, I I was assuming that he's heard about how controversial his ending was, mm-hmm. and I think and he did hear about it, but he he I don't think he understands why people thought it was controversial, and so he. So I, I don't know if, if, if I saw him, I'd probably tell him, dude, I really liked the Florida project. And if he, uh, no, never mind. I wouldn't tell him that I hated the ending. <laughs> I, I'd be too nervous. Never mind. Um, but if he asks, I would probably, this is why I didn't like the ending, but yeah. 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 No. And, and so a, a lot of guests that I have on, they tell me that this is the hardest question out of the five. Um, obviously yeah. I think this is the one that makes you think the most. And the reason why I give this, uh, give this question is because I feel like I feel like movies in in many different ways. Uh, one of the biggest reasons why we like to go to movies is because we we want to be able to connect with a story and with characters, sure. and to and to kind of just live an experience through someone else's eyes. And uh, and quite often, quite often, have I found myself watching a movie, and then it ends, and 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 I was I was really hoping for something else, you know? And so even though, even though, yeah, movies aren't necessarily meant to satisfy its viewers, it's, they're meant to tell a story. And so like, for example, for, this is just one example. This is not my answer to this question, but like La La Land, when La La Land ended, I was so heartbroken you know how, how that's why the ending's good though well and that's sorry, that's i know that's why that's what everybody tells me that trust yeah. me everybody tells me that <laughs> you know but i i felt i felt so just betrayed like oh no 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 um but yeah i mean i i and yes like i totally agree with you like yeah that that's that's what made the the movie and you know the ultimate culmination of their relationship you know mm-hmm. impactful um but yeah but like i i I like to give everybody an opportunity to kind of tell that experience of like, oh, there was this one movie, but I just wish so bad, you know, maybe it had ended this way. But yeah, um, well, I, I typically don't I don't look at movies based on what I expect them to be. I, I take a look at what they presented and then I was like, well, did they present it well? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't present it well, then I think about what kind of changes I would make. Yeah. But that... I, I understand being sad about the Lala Land. It's the Lala Land's. Uh, La La Land's ending is, is it is very uh, sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, you're you, like 
I 100% agree with you. Like, specifically for that movie, it's what makes that movie La La Land. Like, you know, without mm-hmm. that type of ending, it would have been like a Disney movie. So, um, okay. All right. Awesome, man. Well done, Steven. And so uh, let's go ahead and uh, introduce this week's movie review. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. So the movie that Steven and I will be discussing and reviewing today is Black Panther. Movie details. In the heart of Africa lies a hidden, super-advanced civilization called Wakanda. Disguised as an impoverished third-world country, Wakanda possesses, in abundance, the most precious metal ever discovered called vibranium. It has given Wakanda and its people every advantage over every other nation in knowledge and technological achievements, and it has given them their protector, the Black Panther. After the death of his father, King T'Chaka, T'Challa must return home to his home country, of Wakanda to be crowned king and the new Black Panther. Becoming king of Wakanda is no simple task. T'Challa must overcome rivals from different tribes, long-standing enemies of the country, and secrets that will shake T'Challa's beliefs to the core. Black Panther was released in U.S. theaters on uh, February 16th, 2018, and it has a running time of 2 hours and 14 minutes. It is rated PG-13 for prolonged sequences of action violence and a brief rude gesture. That rude gesture just being uh, T'Challa's sister uh, gives him the bird. (laughs) Maybe deservedly so in the movie. Uh, Anyway, uh, kidsinmind.com gives Black Panther a 2 out of 10 for sexual content, a 6 out of 10 for violence, and a 3 out of 10 for profanity. In my opinion, for a Marvel movie, especially, uh, you know, comparing some to like Guardians of the Galaxy, which I think are some of the most crude Marvel movies. You know, if those those of you who are listening who have children that like these superhero movies, this is probably one of the more mild ones in terms of adult content that I've seen. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, if you have kids, I don't know, eight, nine, ten, you know, I, I definitely think that this movie is uh, suitable for them. Um, okay, Black Panther stars Chadwick Boseman uh, as he reprises his role as T'Challa, the Black Panther who first debuted in Captain America Civil War in 2016, Michael B. Jordan as the antagonist of this movie, Eric Killmonger, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia, Letitia Wright as Shuri, um, T'Challa's sister, Andy Serkis as Ulysses Claw, and Martin Freeman as CIA agent Everett K. Ross. Also, Forrest Whit- uh, Whitaker has a small role, uh, r- sorry, small role as Zuri. Uh, the film is directed by Ryan Coogler, who was also the director of the 2015 film Creed and 2013 uh, Fruitvale Station, which both star Michael B. Jordan. Uh, the the film music or score is composed by Lud- Ludwig uh, Göransson who also composed the movie scores to Creed, Central Tel- Intelligence, and Everything, Everything. Uh, the production budget for this film uh, was approximately $200 million, and Black Panther is experiencing incredible success at the box office and now owns the fifth largest opening weekend in the U.S., topping 200 
and $1 million domestically. These are massive returns for Marvel Studios with their 18th film in the MCU. Uh, And really, they do not seem to be slowing down at all. Combined with its international debut, Black Panther has already pulled in over $404 million in its opening weekend. Huge. (laughs) That's huge. Okay, now let's just go ahead and uh, get on with this movie review. Backseat Directors Movie Review. Okay, Steve, so let's go ahead and just jump right into this movie. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions that I did not have on the outline, but I just kind of want to know your overall stance with Marvel movies, just because we live in the day and age of superhero movies and franchises and cinematic universes. You know, Mm -hmm. something that has, you know, I guess prior to this decade, it really did not exist. You know, there were maybe movie franchises, but this idea of a cinematic universe is, you know, it was ushered in by by Marvel Studios. And so, um, this is the 17th? Marvel or MCU movie? Is that right? Do you know? I haven't been keeping track. I, I, um, I know I, it's it's either 16 or 17, I believe. I could look it up real quick if you want, but I, I haven't been keeping track. Sure, no, yeah, go ahead if you want to. Um, but the, what I wanted to ask is I want to know, do you have a favorite Marvel movie and do you have a least favorite? <sighs> um... I think if I could narrow it down, I'd probably say some of my favorites were uh, I, I really enjoyed Captain America Civil War. Um, I really enjoyed Captain America uh, Winter Soldier. Um, the first Iron Man is b- before before they locked down on that kind of classical Marvel formula. Um, w- the, the first Iron Man was great. Oh, it's I a great it movie. Fantastic. Yeah, it is a good movie. Um, let me think. I'm trying to I think those would probably be within the top three. Uh, Captain America, Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier, and uh, Iron Man. Uh, there's, some, there's some other movies that I really loved but really haven't stood the test of time. Uh, one of those would be the Avengers movie. Um, no, that being said, I, I watched the Avengers, the first Avengers, four times in theaters. And I don't know <laughs> if I could ever watch that movie again. It's just there's some movies where after after you hit a certain time, some number of times seeing it, you just could not watch it again. And Avengers is one of those movies. Oh, that's interesting. Oh. That's interesting. Oh, so tell me what tell me your overall opinion of of what Marvel has done over the last 10, 10 and a half years. Really, are, are you a fan of what they have done and what they've created with this cinematic universe? The longer it goes on, the less of a fan I am becoming of it. Um, because and. I, I now that you're making me think back of w- what exactly it started. I mean, it, there's some ad, there's a lot of admiration that I had that they were able to pull something this uh, this massive of a scale. I mean, they they forced a lot of copycats like the DCU and <laughs> the the um, the dark cinematic universe that the Mummy killed. Oh it my rose gosh! And then killed. How funny uh, was that? I mean, yeah, tragic for Universal, I guess. But I mean, yeah. that's a lesson learned. Don't announce a freaking cinematic universe without yeah. even getting a good movie and, out. Um, did you see Kong Skull Island? Yeah, yeah. No, they're I did. Make, they're they're making a cinematic universe with that too. If you stood if you stood um, stood around for the end credit scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. But. Um, the the so Disney Disney 
is a company that tries to sell their uh, their products to the most people possible. And in order to do that, because there's a lot of people in the general audience that don't want to be challenged. They want something that's uh, very standard, very feel good, and very, and I guess, inspiring in a, in a very, in, in the most standard way possible. Right. And so a lot of times when you see de- deviation from that, whether or not it's good or bad deviation, for instance, The Last Jedi, The Last Jedi is a lot of bad things, but it's a deviation from what is usually ha- happens in Disney movies. And not a lot of people liked that. And one of the things that I'm so upset about with Star Wars, by the way, is that because there is, it was polarized, it might force Disney to go right back to the tried and true formula for Star Wars again. Hmm. And that's not what I want. I want them to try things that are new without making a dumb story. Um, so anyway, um, so the most recent Marvel, um, aside from Captain America Civil War that I can think of, uh, the Ant-Man, uh, Doctor Strange, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, Thor Ragnarok, you can kind of see that a lot of the characters are kind of meshing into the most popular ones. They're either some sort of sarcastic Tony Stark type, or they're some sort of easygoing, jokey Peter Quill, or they just try to make a combination of them in, in, in the instance of Doctor Strange. And it's usually about some sort of um, some sort of superhero that has to uh, handle some sort of conflict, handle some sort of bad guy, and then they handle the bad guy with ease, and then the, the journey's over, and then there's some sort of plug-in for the next Marvel movie. And it's become very formulaic and very safe. The, unfortunately, most of Marvel's audience really, really wants that. And so there's yeah. no motivation to change. Oh yeah. And yeah. On top of that, if, if they do change, there's, there's the risk of it not succeeding. And so I think unlike DC, Marvel has made very consistent quality of movies where it's either okay or good. Whereas DC has been kind of stumbling around. I don't, I don't even know that's, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, unfortunately, it's just every time I go into a Marvel movie, I'm just like, usually I come out and I'm like, I don't get the hype, man. It's 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 another Marvel movie that's 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 cool. I know that's what most people want. It's just I don't know. Yeah, kind of crazy how um you know in the first weekend of Justice League, they, it, they didn't even break a hundred million. I think they did ninety five million. Yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, for for Justice League. And I know Black Panther right now, I, I think they're they're eclipsing like 180 million on their opening oh, yeah. weekend right now. It's Bla- it's it's crushing it. Yeah, Black Panther is going to make significantly more money and a lot more money than that too. It's um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It's Marvel. It's the well, it, it's being hailed as the first um, uh, corporate black black superhero isn't necessarily true i think blade right. might have been the first one right but yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's the first one that's garnered this amount 
of hype. Right. Um, and, yeah. And especially with an established brand. I mean, people, people knew about Blade because you were either a comic book fan, you know, or you just knew about Wesley Snipes. You want to see a Wesley Snipes movie, <laughs> but I mean, and it was a rated R film, you know, so a rated R comic book film, you know, it, it yeah, yeah Th- this, true. this type of platform for a black superhero is, I think in and of itself unique, but it's definitely not the first. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's, um, it's like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's been kind of hailed as the first blockbuster female superhero. I don't even know if that's true. I'm sorry. It's not true, but it's the first one that's not terrible. Right, right. Um, I mean, because, yeah, think, within the last decade, you had at least, yeah. um, you know, Catwoman with Halle yeah. Berry and Elektra, uh, um, mm-hmm. which, yeah, were both not good movies. You know, they're just, yeah, they're I, just not good. Yeah, I've seen Catwoman. <laughs> The problem with Catwoman was not that it was a female superhero or Holly Berry. It's it's they, they gave they gave the they gave the writing and the directing uh, responsibilities to, um, for lack of better terms, uh, idiots. <laughs> so maybe maybe Wonder Woman was the first female superhero movie that wasn't given to a writer and director that was that wasn't uh, that was an idiot, but. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's and just I, yeah. I, I say this as a person that thought Wonder Woman was just okay, and a lot. I've said that to some people, and they're like, "What in the world?" How <laughs> well, yeah, I, th- I just think you know, for the 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 current state of of film and how dominant in the box office these superhero movies are, the platform has never been greater for um, you know I, I, uh, a superhero. Uh, of a minority origin, you know, so a black mm-hmm. superhero or yeah. a female superhero, the platform has never been greater. And so I think that's why people are giving these types of movies a lot of attention, not because they're the first, because they're not, mm. they're not the first, right. but it, it's, it's, it's how many eyeballs and attention is, are now given to these movies. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So tell me, tell me what your thoughts were leading up to black Panther. Uh, so the trailer was kind of promising, to be honest. Um, I, I looked at the trailers like, oh, this looks like something that could be uh, different. Uh, and on t- the longer that uh, it went on, there was kind of um, Black Panther kind of unfortunately ended up being politicized, which I was kind of bummed out about. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan when movies start becoming politicized because then um, it causes things – I don't think it causes anything good. So when I, when I came into the movie, I was going in hoping that I would like it because if I didn't like it, and if I didn't hate it, it would be one of those movies where I'd have to be very, very articulate because it's not just like the last Jedi where everyone would love it, but there's kind of the elements of, well, why didn't you like Black Panther, the first black superhero movie ever? Right, right, right. You don't. You want to avoid certain labels getting thrown your way. Yeah, and I hate. I hate that it's come to that because I, I think there's been articles where, when when somebody made the first negative review on Rotten Tomatoes for Black Panther, there were articles coming out like talking about how terrible and racist this person was, and I was just like, oh man, yeah, please not this. Yeah, um, but you know. Right. Yeah. And I guess, I guess, you know, it, it could, it could be, you know, I guess kind of labeled anyway, you know, for maybe if you're a, a male movie reviewer, like you said, you thought, you thought Wonder Woman was 
okay. Yeah. You know, so and, uh, another place you want to tread lightly just because, you know, you could easily get labeled misogynistic or just, you know, like, you know, just some, some, so, something yeah. that might not be true just because you didn't like a movie that featured, you know, such and such or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard people accusing people who didn't like Wonder Woman as as uh, as sexist. I, I don't know if it's to the same extent that people are going with this Black Panther thing, but it might just be that I don't remember it very, very much. Yeah, but it's 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 unfortunate, and I think that's one of the uh, on the positive side. It challenges me to articulate why I don't like a movie because I hate negative reviews, and I, I honestly I hate positive reviews that just gush about how much they hate they love or hate it, but they never really explain in convincing detail why the movie is good or bad. Yeah, and it it's just it it's it's very irritating to me. So the fact that it, I, if I had to explain why I hated the movie, I mean, I think I'd probably rise up to that challenge. I'm just, I'm not a fan of having to be considered, um, having to be considered one of those things. No, it, yeah, no, and I think, I think, you know, uh, the, the reality is, is when, when, <laughs> when, when someone likes a movie and then they meet someone that doesn't, they automatically feel put off by that person. And, and they, you know, <laughs> like, like it's it, their, their, their desire to actually hear them out and listen to why they might not like a movie. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's highly unlikely. And the, and to think that someone will actually read an entire, you know, poster or, or movie review about a movie they liked but the mm-hmm. reviewer did not is also very unlikely. And so it, yeah. it, it is unfortunate just because, you know, the, you know, to, to be able to have that type of civilized conversation, I think it, it's, it's rare, <laughs> especially, yeah. especially when, with movies that people feel so strongly about like star Wars or these superhero mm-hmm. movies, et cetera. But um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I was thinking about black Panther. Okay. He, he was one of my favorite parts of civil war. I really liked how they introduced uh, Chadwick Boseman to the story and just the type of character they had, that they had created. He, he was not a part of any of, you know, the Avengers. He was kind of this lone rogue, uh, almost, almost like a vigilante. Like I I got a very Batman vibe from black Panther and civil war. (laughs) And so when the black Panther standalone movie was announced, I was very excited for this movie just because I was I was thinking what they were going to set up with Black Panther. Yes, even though he is going to be the the king or leader of Wakanda, I I was really kind of getting this Batman vibe. And so like just like, you know, Bruce Wayne, he is the leader of the Wayne Empire and he's a very prominent public figure. He has this alternate ego that that I I saw in Black Panther as well. Like nobody knows that Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther. He li- mm-hmm. he lives this alternate life as you know, kind of the king of Wakanda. Um, and I I, I was I, that's that's what I was kind of, and maybe I kind of let my expectations kind of get in the way of what I was hoping to see from Black Panther, because what we have so far in all the Marvel heroes, superheroes, is we don't really have kind of this this rogue vigilante type like Batman where Batman Batman is about serving justice and serving it his own way. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like most of the Marvel, almost all of the Marvel superheroes, they're kind of in line with Superman do it the right way. Do it by the book type superhero, you know, 
actor. Lightly characterized good guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so we ha- we haven't we've yet to get this superhero that just like look, he 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 plays by his own rules, you know, and he's going to do things his way. Mm-hmm. And 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 so that's what I was really hoping to see from Black Panther just because I felt like that's kind of what Civil War had had set up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not a comic book guy. I didn't grow up reading comic books. Black Panther was a comic book hero I had never heard of until I saw Civil War. So so mm-hmm. that that was completely new to me. Um, and so, yeah, so I was definitely excited for this movie. Um, like you, I think, I think the trailer was promising. I think it showed a lot. <clears throat> um, but tell me, tell me your initial reaction after seeing the movie. After seeing the, well, after seeing the movie, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was entertaining. I liked it. Um, I hoped, I was hoping that I would more than like it, but it's a Marvel movie. So I didn't, um, <laughs> I, I really liked the world that they were creating with uh, Wakanda, and I, I've seen some—I I don't know if I'd call them reviewers. I've seen some social commentators on YouTube uh, kind of pick apart the actual believability of Wakanda, and honestly, I don't think—I don't think it merits looking that deep into it. I thought what they did was was with Wakanda was really good. Yeah, um, everything that they did was fine. Um, I thought the soundtrack was good for a Marvel movie. Um, I thought it was uh, unique enough. Uh, the action was good. Um, I thought the characters were fleshed out enough to kind of understand their dynamics. Uh, I don't think that they were so fleshed out that they were like super memorable characters, but everyone that I can think of just had a dynamic about them that I, that I enjoyed. Um, one of the things that I was kind of surprised was, is I, I often found Killmonger a bit more of a sympathetic character than Black Panther. Really? Yeah. I don't I don't know, and I've 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 heard that Michael B. Jordan's performance is polarizing people. There's some people who really love him, and then there's some people who are like, "Man, he was the worst part of Black Panther." And and typically, when when there's something negative to say, I usually fall on that end. But with 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 Michael B. Jordan, I I, I kind of liked his character. Um, I thought. Um, and I, the fact that kind of the, the lot of the political commentary that comes, and, and we can talk about that later, some of the political commentary that comes into the movie is from Michael B. Jordan's motivations. I thought that was something that kind of made what would otherwise be kind of ham-fisted or kind of unsubtle as as putting politics into a movie as character development. And I think that's probably the best, if one of the few acceptable ways that you could put politics into a movie. But I'm... I'm just saying this is someone that I'm just not a fan of ham-fisted political messages in movies. Right. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed him. I thought some sometimes when they were both talking about their uh, their motivations, I was just like, I, I don't know why, but I I feel like I feel like I can can kind of sympathize with Michael B. Jordan a little bit, and I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen Friday Night Lights, the TV show? No. Okay, so so Michael B. Jordan, he comes the, the the TV show is five seasons long, and he comes in at season four, okay, and and he lasts through the end of the show. Um, uh, his his character in Black Panther, uh, Eric Killmonger, he he is the same character from Friday Night Lights. So I know this. Oh, yeah. this, this isn't this isn't something that you know that I guess you can relate to because you haven't seen the show. But I know we have listeners that have probably seen the show. But he so in the show. 
he's a he's a high school kid who kind of he, he's on this path where he has to make a decision either he is going to follow um the life of his peers and 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 the pressuring that they're they're giving him to basically live a life of crime um mm-hmm. or he is going to to make that change go go to high school join the football team like you know put his use of his time and his energy into something good and so mm-hmm. what <laughs> what Eric Killmonger is his character in Friday Night Lights if he had gone the opposite way like he like I kept thinking and obviously yeah it's the same actor so you're going to think you know what other things yeah. has he played in but but he he his character in this film yeah I just he was a guy who the world had done him wrong Mm-hmm. He was disgruntled. He and he wanted to just burn down the world. Like I mean, that yeah. was his motivation in in the film. But um, <clears throat> um, I uh, so you know when I was kind of hoping or expecting kind of a Batman type feel for this movie mm-hmm. in Black Panther, what we got is I felt like we kind of got like a spy espionage 007 type movie. Did you kind of get that same same feel for this movie in terms of its style? If you're talking about the South the South Korea part, um, yeah, there is a bit of that vibe. I don't think there's a, a kind of and and then the following car chase. I don't think that there's much more kind of spy stuff outside of that, unless I'm I think, remembering correctly. I think well, I think uh, you know because you have you have uh, T'Challa's sister um, Shuri, uh, Shuri in the movie, who's kind of she kind of plays that Q character in 007. You, you know, know, yeah, that's true. You know, she's kind of yeah. she's she's the tech person. She's going to introduce him mm-hmm. to all his new you know gadgets and things that she is super proud of that she's invented. And like, here, check this out. Yeah. At least that's kind of. And I guess that might be an oversimplification of you know what the movie does present because yeah, I mean, there's they go on one mission that lasts you know twenty minutes of the movie maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, overall, overall sounds like you liked it. I, I know, yeah. I know you and I both have issues and before we push the record button, I was trying to decide, you know, how much of this would we actually be able to talk in terms of a non-spoiler. So mm-hmm. let's, let's go ahead and, uh, just kind of see how this conversation goes. Tell me, tell me some of the things that you did not like about this movie. What were some of your main critiques? So I'll probably go from least important to most important. Okay. Um, at least, so there's one thing that I kind of noticed, um, and this seems like so nitpicky, but there's um, a lot of times where uh, Black Panther or Killmonger like take their mask off so that you can get their uh, Hollywood's contract signed face shots. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, why are you taking your mask off? And, and there, there's just only one or two scenes where that kind of took me out. Um, I think that there are some uh, expositional scenes that were really kind of forced or awkward. Um, there's a scene where, I, for, for no reason whatsoever, went before a mission uh, at the beginning where Black Panther's listening to some sort of news coverage so that we can catch the audience up on what happened to his father in Civil War. Right. I was just like, oh, okay, well, thank, thanks for that movie. Um, one of the things that I was and it didn't bother me much when I saw the movie, but the more I thought about it, do you remember the scene where uh, one of the tribesmen, there's a white person trying to speak, and every time he speaks, they, he makes monkey noises at him. Oh, did you yeah. That scene? <laughs> yeah, it's and when they're, they're, trying, like, they're trying to go get his help. And, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, that that would be so that would, that scene would have been a lot weirder if it was uh, directed by somebody else. Um, 
And uh, do, do you think it's a spoiler if I say who the person was making the monkey noises? Oh no no no! Go ahead, go ahead. So it's it's Mbaku, and he's one of he's kind of one of the tribes within Wakanda, right? And what I what I realized later when I was doing a little bit of research was that Mbaku uh, in the comics he's a significantly much larger man with a with a white gorilla suit on him, and they call him Manape. Yeah, there, there's a character in in Black Panther called Man Ape. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, huh? <laughs> and so when I when I realized that that was his real name, I was like, well, that's obvious that why they just kept his name Umbaku because, well, we don't need to we don't really need to explain why they they didn't choose the word the, right. the name Man Ape. Right. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, wait, is that is that is him doing that? Was that a bit of an homage to the fact that his character was Man Ape? And then I was like, well, if they're going to divorce the name entirely, why would they even do that? So I, I'm just kind of weirded out that they actually had that scene there. Now, all the scenes that I just talked about, I, like I said, they're just kind of minor. Um, I think there's, some, there's also some cheesiness that's um, standard in Marvel movies. Um, and I think there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a couple of scenes in the end that were really cheesy. Um, I mean, if you want, uh, I could talk about the scene that made me realize that Black Panther was going to be a 7 out of 10 and not an 8 out of 10, but that would be a major spoiler. Um, so g- give that some thought. There's, um, and I guess I'll ask you about it, there's some people that, I've said that, the C- that have said that the CGI in Black Panther was pretty awful. Um, and I don't know if I agree with that. I think all the CGI is acceptable. I, don't, I can't think of anything... In the movie, where it was like, "Wow, this CGI is phenomenal," but there's some people that are like, "Dude, the CGI in here is really subpar." So the only the only scenes that I think that I would maybe agree with that, just because I I don't think so. I don't think the CGI was subpar. I think it was uh, in line with most Marvel movies in that it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time that I was, and maybe it's just because I didn't really like the scene and how it was used anyway was toward the end in the final battle, you know, um, you know, that you talk about the different tribes of Wakanda. This is a minor spoiler, you know, so that some of the tribes are fighting each other. Um, you know, so Mbaku, their tribe, I guess they're kind of the, the ape tribe, you know, whereas, um, the, 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 the other tribe that was involved in this conflict, they were like the rhino tribes or like the, the rhinos were like their main animal of choice or something. But the the scenes involving the the rhinoceros um, and just how the rhinoceros were kind of used in the battle, I, I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, oh but, yeah, the CGI rhinos. Yeah, yeah. So uh, other than that, I mean, that was that's probably the only thing that I would critique in terms of CGI. Sure. Um, but the biggest, and I I wrote this in my review. If you've read the the review, you already know what my biggest critique is, and that's and this is unfortunately something that is in every Marvel movie, but there's Marvel movies fail to have uh, con- severe consequences or, um, or emotional weight to things. Right. And what I, and the reason that they do that is because if, if you may, if you make severe consequences in your movie, um, it could turn off certain audience members. And one of the things involving consequence is, killing off some characters key significant characters yeah key significant characters and not not somebody expendable like 
I don't know. Tilda Swinton, the Tilda Swinton monk in um, the Tilda Swinton monk in Doctor Strange, for example. I I, I think right off the bat, like halfway through the movie, it's like she's probably going to die. Uh, <laughs> spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. um, you're not missing much if you haven't seen it, by the way. Um, oh no, are you kidding? <clears throat> Shoot, we're gonna have to have this conversation offline because Doctor Strange is actually my favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> oh no, kidding! Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Keep going. Keep going. Though. Keep going. <laughs> um, but uh, so, and there were some scenes where I was just like, "Oh goodness, is this person gonna?" And it wasn't even like a super significant. Well, it, they were significant, but they they weren't. They weren't Black Panther significant. Right. And right. so I was, oh, is this person going to die? And then I thought, oh, if this person dies, it would add such a significant weight to it. It would challenge Black Panther on on whether or not he's still going to hold to his, his morals. And then it just happens and it's like, oh, okay, so the person's not gonna die. It was just a red it was just a red herring. Yeah. yeah. And it happened twice in the movie. And the first time it happened, I was just like, well, now the first time that happened, I was just like, well, now I know that the movie's not going to be an eight out of 10 because they're going to hold a, bun- a bunch of punches and kind of uh, soften, soften the movie. And then the second time it happens, it, they, they completely insinuate, oh, yeah, this person's going to die. And then the person doesn't die because it's a Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's, it, this, it wouldn't be as much of a sacrifice as the first time. But the second time it happened, it would happen. It just seemed like they were setting it up for that person to bite it, and then nope. And it was just something that was just kind of fake emotional weight, right? Um, right. And Marv, the the Marvel executives are like little kids who don't want to lose all of their toys. They want all of their toys to be in the story when their friends come back and make another story, and because because they're just so afraid of losing them, and it's just. If you want, if you want to make these movies about battles and about wars, and the fact that everyone knows how how terrible wars and battles can be, there there's there's a bit of realism that must be there if you want to keep the stakes believable. Right. Because after a while, you can't. And if I, I was about to say you can't fool the audience into thinking the stakes are real, but then again. Every single time a Marvel movie comes out, it's it's <laughs> waterfalled with praise. So I guess maybe you can fool people every single time, but it's just after a while, I'm just like, dude, give give me something to believe that the stakes are actually real, and that not every person is some sort of invincible uh, action dispenser. Yeah. Um, so, and the the reason that I was so upset with it happening in Black Panther instead of say Ant Man or Guardians of the Galaxy two or Thor Ragnarok is that. I thought Black Panther had the potential of being something so much more um, if they were able to go full into the weight of what they were implying. But they never do. And so, unfortunately, that's kind of what caused me to realize, well, this movie isn't this movie isn't as good as I was hoping it would be. Yeah. So here here and I and I, I completely agree with with your main critique of really what is what is i think held back most of the marvel movies is mm-hmm. yeah just there's there is there is no real risk 
to these characters and you know it you know it going in and i'm not talking about like yeah like the main superheroes you obviously know like the main superheroes are going to continue but like even even yeah. other characters of significance there is there is no real risk no. and so um for me for me i felt like the the plot of this movie was fairly predictable I think how they set it up in certain characters, how they introduce them early on within the movie and things like that. I, I could just I could just see how the movie was gonna ultimately play out. You yeah, know? predictable is probably a good way to say it, yeah. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe that's just you know, the formulaic style of, of the Marvel movies, but I, I just I, I mean, I don't know, like the movie was two hours and fifteen minutes long. Mm-hmm. And I just I, I kind of knew how it was going to play out. Now, okay, yeah. I, I guess I guess I, I want the listener to know I I like this movie. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. It, it's it's a it's a great addition to the Marvel collection of their superhero movies. You know, and and if you like if you like the previous Marvel movies, you are most undoubtedly going to like this one. Yep. Um. So here in and I am interested to hear what you have to say about this because I I think. I think I got the impression that yes, you you did like Michael B. Jordan as the villain. So mm-hmm. it's not that I didn't like his character. I didn't think they took his character far enough. And and in terms of what they could have done for a character and his motivations, I never felt intimidated or fearful of Eric Killmonger in the movie. I, I you you knew you knew who he was, you knew what he wanted to do, you knew why and there was no element of of i just you know like i i am going to do what it takes and no one is going to stop me type like mm-hmm. I, I guess i guess what i want to say is is i wasn't i i did not feel any type of fear from this villain whereas whereas when you had um oh oh andy circus as as ulysses claw i mm-hmm. i I, and I think most, and this is going to be a minor spoiler. He's not the bad guy in the movie. They set him up as the antagonist, but they quickly, you know, change directions, and then they introduce Michael B. Jordan as the antagonist. But I thought, I thought Andy Serkis did such a great job for the time that he had on screen, and yeah. I, I wanted him to be the bad guy. I really did. His, yeah. his motivations were. I thought, in my opinion, something that w- w- was to be feared more so than Michael B. Jordan, just because of of who Michael B. Jordan's character is and how he related to Wakanda and things like that. And mm-hmm. so, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I thought, I thought there there was a lot of good that could have been had with Claw that that wasn't. And so, you know, when Eric Killmonger kind of takes the place as the bad guy. Um, I, I just, I just knew, I knew how it was going to play out. I really did. I knew, you know, I, I knew that it wasn't really anything that we needed to worry about, I guess. Um, it, it, what did you think about Claw or Andy Circus? So Andy Circus is the most watchable person in the entire movie. Um, the, the, and, and I'm not saying this is everyone else was bad. I thought in general, everyone was really, really good in the movie, but good. <laughs> Some of and, and I agree. Uh, a lot of what Andy Serkis does in the movie is just—it's—it's um, it's very entertaining to watch it, the way his mind works because he's kind of crazy. Yes, and then he there, is. There, there's some there's some times where the movie's like, oh, he's just he's just doing something because he's crazy. But there's certain scenes. There's a scene where he tells somebody, "I'm going to let you live," 
um, it, it's, it happens in the beginning. He kills off everybody, and then he, there's this guy who's like, I'm going to let you live, but just don't tell anybody about this. So the guy runs away, and then he kills him. And then one of the guys who he's talking to, he's like, why'd you do that? And he's just like, it spreads out the crime scene a little more. It makes it look more amateur. And I was just like, that, that is so funny. That is so brilliant. And um, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I would agree and say that I liked him so much more than Michael B. Jordan's character. Because like I said, I liked Michael B. Jordan's character a lot. I do, however, agree that they didn't go far enough with Michael B. Jordan. And that's, that is unfortunately uh, uh, one of the symptoms in regards to Marvel movies is that the villains never feel compelling. Right. They take they take a great actor like Michael B. Jordan, like um, why can't I remember his name? The the, uh, the Vulture. Oh, Keaton. Oh. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, they take Michael Keaton. They take Kate Blanchett. They take a very very esteemed actor, and then they give him some. They give him a softball character that's easy enough for them to show off their talent, but will never be a a memorable character like something. I mean, this is this is a, a cliche within and of itself, but it's it's it, it's the reason why he keeps being being brought up. But the Joker, there's there's I don't know if there will ever be a villain that will ever be as good or close to being as good as the Joker, because I I think Christopher Nolan, and 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 the fact that the, I, I'm I'm assuming the studio gave him more freedom than they than Disney's giving all these directors, right? But, they had the freedom to make the Joker someone significantly more layered than just the obstacle in here. Um, and so, yes, I, I think Michael B. Jordan was a missed opportunity. Um, in a sense, Andy Serkis was a missed opportunity, but the, the way they go with his character makes sense. So yeah. I didn't complain about it. Well, and I, I, think, I think maybe had they just presented Michael B. Jordan as the antagonist from the beginning and had spent time to still develop you know, his character more, I just it was just like they gave half the movie to Andy Serkis and then the, the second half to Michael B. Jordan. Well, if you watch the trailer, you know that Michael B. Jordan's the main villain. Right, right. So that's why I wasn't I, I, I guess I can see where you're coming from. But I don't know if I was, quote unquote, fooled that Andy Serkis was the main villain. I just figured he was either going to be a henchman or he was going to play a smaller part later, or maybe he'd be killed off, or just something that would make him smaller. Right, and that's ended up with what happened. Right, yeah. Um, so th- those those were probably two of my my biggest critiques of the movie. You already named, you know, really no risk taken with the yep. characters, um, kind of my issues with the villain, and then um, I, I I kind of felt like toward the end of the movie. I I feel like there was a lot taken out of the movie. The movie's pretty long as it is, but I mm-hmm. feel like in terms of the editing and, and maybe what was edited out of the movie, um, it, it felt like certain scenes jumped really quickly. Like things progressed really rapidly without um, really without much background or story or anything like that. And so I, I and I, you know, I I know Marvel movies they don't really you know. They don't do like a director's cut or things like that. But I, I would be really interested to know, you know, maybe what was cut from the movie because certain scenes toward the end, especially those those final conflict scenes, it just kind of felt like it was jumping. Um, well, you're never going to get that the the uh, the director's cut. I mean, have you? Do you know of a YouTube um, a YouTube channel called Red Letter Media? No. Uh-uh. 
whether well, so they do a lot of videos on Star Wars and stuff, and they they've seen director director. I mean, or like the the special features of Star Wars, and regardless of how messy the productions are, they always in the hidden fe- in the special features play it off as if this was like the best production ever, and that there was no problems and stuff. Right. So right. and and this and this is something that it's it's probably within the director's contract. They have to they have to talk about how. Um, uh, the the responsibility of the quality of the movie was on them, and that they got all of these special uh, freedoms, and and maybe that's true. But th- there's a reason Edgar Wright left Ant Man, um, going back to because Edgar Wright was the original director of Ant Man, right? And all the best parts of Ant Man are things that Edgar Wright came up with, but he left because he kept getting pushed around by Disney and telling him to do other stuff. He's like, I don't really need this, and so they gave it to someone else. Yeah. Um. So I don't think we'll ever get any sort of special thing. And quite honestly, I mean, if you if you asked uh, Ryan Coogler, is that the director? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ask Coogler, I mean, I don't know if it would be the truth or not, but he'd probably say that he got everything that he wanted and that was the fantastic experience and there was no problems. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we'll never know if that's the truth or not because I, I whether or not it is true. I mean, it's 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 you can tell that it's something that Disney wants to make sure that everyone knows. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Any <laughs> Disney's never going to admit fault in in a movie. <laughs> oh no, no. I, and shoot, have you seen some of the comment? I, I I can't believe I'm going back to Last Jedi. Have you seen some of the um, the ways that the directors and actors? They basically, whenever they see someone complain about um, uh, the Star Wars movies, if it's if it's if it's if it's good criticism, it's largely ignored. They'll take the worst, most um, ignorant person that they can find and find a, a, something that's a terrible comment, compliment, uh, critique, and then they'll just destroy them for Twitter likes. Right. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's so insufferable. Like I don't know. I. I still think Ryan Johnson's a, a decent director and I still love Mark Hamill, but the, the, the way that they've been responding to things have made me think less of them. Back to back Black Panther. I apologize. No, uh, don't worry, man. Don't worry. <laughs> um, okay, so tell me, so we're kind of, okay. We're, we're a little over an hour right now into our review and that's okay yeah, though. Let's, uh, okay. let's, uh, let's just, uh, quickly, uh, kind of go over the highlights. I know you've already touched on a few of the things that you like, but let's, let's just recap real quick. Some, uh, your, your highlights of the movie. So I think one of the most emotional moments, uh, was the ritual fight. I guess I won't say which one cause that, well, there's two ritual fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second, Mm-hmm. I thought the second one was probably w- one of Michael B. Jordan's best moments. Yeah. And I think you could kind of see the emotion, especially w- within his character, within the fighting. Um, and so I think that was probably uh, one of the highlights. I, th- I Like I said, I really liked Wakanda. Um, I liked the relationship dynamics, um, even though they weren't super fleshed out. But like, I thought, I thought the, um, I thought the relationship that he had with his little sister was 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 great. I thought the fact that um, Black Panther has some things that he has to deal with with his relationship with his father. I thought um, the 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 female general. <laughs> I th- I forgot that the female general and the the leader of the rhinos were husband and wife for a second. Yeah, yeah. I forgot no. that, but um, <laughs> but I thought I thought everyone was good. I thought I um, 
I liked the uh, relationship dynamics. Um, like I said, it's it's not something that I'm going to hype on about as something that was so amazing. But I thought I, I really enjoyed that, and it really added a lot to the movie. Um, I, I I put this in the in in all cap cap locks. Uh, thank God they toned down the humor. <laughs> yeah, Good yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. I don't know what your thought, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on on Thor Ragnarok, but there were so many moments of Thor Ragnarok where they just sacrifice the character development or the tone of the movie because they needed to make another joke. Right. No, um, I know. And, I know. And there's and there's some humor in 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 Black Panther, and some people say that the humor is cringy. No, I thought it was. But, mo- I thought for the most part it was tasteful and well done. Right. And 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 I thought the the, the humor was in a in, in ways where a, especially between Black Panther and his sister, because there's a lot of humor that way. It kind of shows how playful their relationship is. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. And there's some other parts that were humorous. I I can't think of a single moment where they decided to force a joke in that would that would compromise the character development or the tone. Yeah. So. I, I, I'm so glad that that happened because I was ba- basically last year was just uh, Marvel laughathons, and I was really afraid that they were going to just keep going this way and that no Marvel movie would be super serious anymore. Well, as yeah. serious as Disney would let them. Right. Yeah. And Black Panther definitely it, it 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 takes a different direction from Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor and things like that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the cinematography adds to that too. And, you know, I'm, I keep going back to that uh, Korean scene, you know, that car chase scene was, was awesome. Uh, Probably one of my favorite sequences of the film. I thought it was well choreographed. It was Um, fun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I too really, really enjoyed the characters and the casting that they did with the movie. I I love the dynamic relationship between Chadwick Boseman and and his sister. I, I, I think, I think the actress name is Letitia. Uh, Letitia Wright, um, who plays I, Shuri. I forgot, I forgot all the names besides Chadwick Boseman, um, Michael B. Jordan, and Lupita yeah, Nyong'o. Yeah, no, and I really liked Lupita's character as well. I, I think me too. Yeah, I, I like, I like how they kind of. This is another minor spoiler. Just basically, like they had a history. You know, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's some type of connection and love still there. You yeah. know, but they're not. They, they don't spend the movie on this kind of weird relationship. You know, mm-hmm. and they just let it play out. Though they just let it play out. They have there are yeah. two characters that have a mission and a duty, and they let it play out. And I really, really like that. Yeah, um, um, yeah I, I, I think you said this uh, previously. I think you said that the score was good. You know, for a Marvel movie. Oh yeah. Um, I, I agree. I think, I think anytime a score you notice a score within a Marvel movie, I think that's a good thumbs up <laughs> for the <laughs> for the composer, just because. You know, I, I, Marvel movies are notorious for having very forgettable and just ho hum film scores. Um, but By the I, way, yeah, no, go really, ahead. Really quick to the audience, if you don't know what we're talking about about Marvel's Marvel music being um, generic, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Every Frame of Painting. They have something called the Marvel Symphonic Universe. Uh, watch that. Watch that video. It is fascinating. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go and see that. I, I've seen a couple yeah. uh, a couple videos on just yeah just this same topic, but I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it I, is great. I, yeah, well, I think it, uh, the music played well into creating just the overall atmosphere of the movie. I think they did well with costume designs and sets and things like that. I liked I liked how African the movie was. I I, I really enjoyed 
you know, just the, the overall feel of the movie. Obviously, yes, this is a fictional country in Africa. Wakanda is not a real country. But I just well, yeah. I, I liked I liked how much of Africa was incorporated into the movie from, you know, from the costumes, from the design of all the different tribes. Um, <laughs> you know, you had, you had that one tribe, I think it was the river tribe, you know, with the guy with the stretched out lip, you know, like, yeah. And, that, and that's, I don't know about your audience, but the audience in my, my uh, theater, when I saw it Thursday, um, every single time they cut to the guy with the massive disc in his lip, they, there's just like a bunch of, uh, from the audience, like they were grossed out by it. And I, I th- yeah, but I thought it was kind of, I thought it was interesting. I thought it definitely, it was something that definitely stood out. But yeah, there's some people that are just like, oh man, the, the guy with the disc in his lip. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, in terms of culture and some, you know, certain tribes and regions in Africa, people do that. Like that, that's yeah. not, that's not like a thing Marvel made up. Like that's, that's real, you know? Exactly, yeah. <clears throat> and, um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I really, I just, I just like the style of the film. I think, I think the style really really presented well you know for having having this is this is the highlight of a black superhero movie you know the majority of the cast are african-american like Mm -hmm. i i just i thought it was well represented and so those were some of my highlights but um okay uh uh, uh, we're kind of kind of running long so let's go Mm -hmm. ahead and uh just give our final words before we move on to our recommendation anything else you'd like to say about the movie I, I I do have two wishes. I mean, just things that I thought might be might have made the movie better, but they weren't critiques, so I didn't put them in my review. Um, just two quick. Remember how they, how they explained Killmonger's scars? Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it would have been cool because he Killmonger kills people in this movie. I thought it would have been interesting, like during a scene during his downtime when he when he kills somebody, they actually showed him actually adding more marks. But that probably would have been squeamish, so that's why they didn't put it in there. Um, do you remember that other world thing, where yeah, where the they Black- yeah they go they go into the the ancestral planes. Well, that's what I thought too, until another character goes in, and it's not the ancestral planes; it's stuff that's relevant to him. Do you remember? You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Spoiler! Right. Spoiler! Yeah. Spoiler! Okay, listeners, so about the next minute is definitely spoiler-filled. If you have not seen the movie, I definitely recommend you just push pause, go see the movie, then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. Thanks. So when when they, they have this other world planes that when somebody becomes king of Wakanda, they go in and they bury him and stuff. When they first show it, uh, Chikala, or Black Panther, goes in, and he sees this tree filled with panthers and stuff. One of them comes down, and he becomes uh, Black Panther's father. And right. they have this really uh, intimate, uh, like, father-son scene. And um, I was like, oh, okay, so they go into the other planes and meet with the other kings. And that, that would have been cool. And then as soon as they do that, like I said, spoilers, when Michael B. Jordan quote-unquote kills Black Panther – and he goes into the other world planes. I was like, "Oh, dude! Like he's going to go to the other kings, and he's going to, he's going to give it like show how angry he is that uh, Black Panther's father killed his father." And then it then he's instead of that, he's in his father's apartment, and he's talking to a spectral image of his father instead. 
I was just like, oh, okay, so this is just something that's relevant to the characters. And it's not a big deal, and that's why I didn't mention it, but I thought I thought there would have been it would have been something more if it actually was a plane where the king would meet with the other kings. Right, right. But instead it was just I I thought it would have been better, but I, I kind of understood what they were going with. I think they were showing the relationships that they had with their father. Right. And there's kind of a very, very small theme in this movie about um, just heroes and their fathers and just um, how 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 you see your father can shape and mold you or what can what happens to your family can shape and mold a young man. And and especially since I don't really think the relationship between a son and, and their father is very emphasized in very many movies, I thought it was kind of nice. So that's but I just thought it would have been better if it was the actual thrill planes where they talked to them. Anyway. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm, I'm happy that you pointed that out too. At, at least in terms of the kind of that same message that I took away from the movie is the importance of ancestry. You know, they really emphasize yeah. kind of your heritage and where you come from and things like that, and that it's, it's important to know your roots. But, but I, I also enjoyed the, the message that, that just because you come from a certain lineage or heritage, that doesn't necessarily define who you are and, mm-hmm. and, and where you are going and what you can be, yeah. you know, that, that yes, you're knowing your roots and having those roots are important, but that yeah. doesn't mean that you, you basically live out that same life. So yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed that, but I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It was almost like they took like the opportunity to actually have kind of the spiritual realm experience. Mm-hmm. And yet it was almost presented like maybe this is not more so much a spiritual experience as it is, kind of like a a hallucination almost you know like it's just hallucination, made, yeah. it's like made up in the person's mind that who's experiencing it so um but no i yeah i i definitely could see that but okay steve um hour and 20 minutes in let's go ahead and move on to our last uh segment and that is our uh backseat director's recommendation our recommendation okay steve so I have three tiers of recommending a movie. Um, if you would like to give your grade on the movie or how you rate the movie, I'll allow you to do that. I don't do ratings, and so uh, that that will be left up to you. Um, but I, the way that I recommend a movie is I just, you know, it's a go see it. I think it's worth seeing in theaters. Uh, maybe wait is like it, maybe you would recommend it for like a matinee or just wait until it comes out to video. Or you just don't think it's worth seeing at all, so a no-go. Um, so, Steve, how would you uh, recommend this movie to our listeners. So if you're, if you're a big fan of Marvel or if you're just a big fan of blockbuster movies in general, it's, it's definitely a go see. I think this is kind of within the higher realms of, uh, of a Marvel, um, of, uh, of a Marvel movie that that's obviously not saying much coming from my mouth, but I, I, I think it's definitely a go see. If you're not into superhero movies, this one's not going to win you over. So if if you're if you're really just kind of eh, about superhero movies, it might just be a maybe wait. I don't think this is a no go for anybody. I think most people could enjoy this movie. Yeah, I would agree with you too. I I think I think you nailed it right on the head. I think for people who do enjoy, you know, the <laughs> the the golden age of superhero movies, this is definitely a movie you're going to want to go see. I, yeah. I think it's different enough from Marvel movies that I think most people will enjoy it. Um, just because, yeah, I mean, this is, this is Black Panther. This is about Wakanda. This is about, you know, (laughs) you're, you're not really spending any time in the United States at all. You know, it's, it's, it's a very different kind of movie in that terms. But, uh, I, I think, I think most 
of your average moviegoers would enjoy this movie. So if you just like going to the movies, I, I my recommendation is to go see it. Um, but yeah, I, I <laughs> my wife, she's not a fan of superhero movies, you know. Oh, so yeah. I know this one, just like you said, it's not going to win her over. But it's not a movie that it's it's not terrible. It's not it's not a bad movie by any means. It's not a bad movie. So um, yeah, my my recommendation is to go see it as well. Would you like to give your rating on the movie? Yeah, I gave it a seven out of ten. Um, I've got an article recently. If you if you go to my website, um, I have an article explaining my ratings. If if anyone's confused, but it, to to say what a seven out of ten for me is, I, I'd say it's recommendable. I think it's a seven out of ten is what a movie should strive for, and then the any movie that's exceptional, that's that's something that's superb, that's better than the normal. That's when I that's when I bring out the eight, the nine, and the ten. Um, so I thought this movie is definitely worth watching. Um, I'm afraid of seeing it again because I'm afraid if I see it again, there's going to be some things that will turn it into a six for me. But my first watch of it, I definitely enjoyed it. No, that's great. That's great. Well, Steve, thank you so much, man. This has been a pleasure talking with you. I, I've, I've very much enjoyed our podcast and our, our uh, conversation today. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed it too. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, it was my pleasure. Why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know how they can uh, reach out to you or follow you online and read your reviews. So there's three different ways. Um, I'm thinking, that, well, it's um, my website is stevejdonahue.com. Uh, stevejdonahue.com. If you just want to follow me on Facebook or on Twitter, it's that URL slash stevejdonahue. Uh, and... I think I might have an Instagram coming up within a month or two. So if you want to follow me there soon, I guess. But right now it's just Facebook, Twitter, and, and my actual website. Awesome, man. Yeah, and I'll, I'll post I'll post those links in just the show notes so uh, our listeners can find your Twitter handle and things like that um, and your website as well. Uh, but listeners, thank you. Oh. oh, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You can, you can also find me at moviecorner. What are, what's the UK domain? <laughs> oh, shoot. Let me, um, I'm, I'm doing it really quick. One second. Oh, I think it's moviecorner. I, it's moviecorner.co.uk. Yes. So if you want to find my reviews there, you can find those and a bunch of other different reviewers there. Um, there's some there's some other really good reviewers at Movie Corner besides just me. Very good. Well, very good. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and downloading today's episode. We really hope you enjoyed our discussion and review of Black Panther. Be sure to stay up to date and subscribe to uh, Backseat Directors. That way you can get every episode uh, that we re- release weekly. And uh, on behalf of Steve uh, with Movie Corner um, and uh, and all of his other outlets that he writes, um, <laughs> this is Andre with Backseat Directors, and we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Directors theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. You can find the album, Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids, and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Beatty Podcast. Backseat Directors.